Welcome to the I Like the Way You Think podcast, where we take a deeper look into the lives of three Black women as they go through life. Come hang out with us. We say what you're thinking out loud and discuss all the topics you already talk about. I'm Laverne. I'm Janisha. I'm Elaine. Now let's get into today's podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the I Like the Way You Think podcast, where we like the way you think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 we like the way you think. Mm-hmm. Ain't that right, Denisha? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Listen. Huh. So last week's episode, we were basically talking about how it was growing up as a little black girl in white spaces, predominantly, and how that mm-hmm. affected us in the school system, high school, and all of that. And this week, see, here's the thing about this week, yeah? It is Monday, <laughs> March 28th, 2022. And as of March 27th, 2022, a lot has happened. All right? If you know, you know. If you don't, you're about to. So basically, there's a lot of fallout that happened with the whole Will Smith Oscar slap gate situation and a conversation of, you know, was it right? Was it not right? And I wanted to kind of have a conversation that bridges being black in predominantly white spaces and how protecting black people Mm -hmm. slash protecting black women looks like in those spaces, right? So kind of to jump off from last episode, to kick us off into this topic, how was um, post-secondary or even the workplace, whichever one of you felt like more ostracized as being a black person, how was that for you two? I would say um, high school wasn't, I mean, well, no, high school was, was pretty bad, I ain't gonna lie. No, but, we're moving past high school. Yeah, okay, so for post-secondary, I feel like that's when I had an awakening and I was able to put a name and like terminology and history and like cultural context to the way that I was treated in predominantly um, white like education institutions. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my first black teacher was my professor Andrea Davis um, as my first black prof, and she taught cultures of resistance. And it was literally... I took that course, too. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, all of my class... I don't know if it was the same thing for you, Laverne, but, like, everybody in my tutorial, it was just, like, this spiritual awakening. Like, oh, I don't God. think there was... Spiritual. Yeah, I can't even explain it. Like, literally, everybody who was in that tutorial class, even the lecture hall, like, we were always so we're always so captivated by like her words and like the history because you were able, it was almost as if it was like learning math for the first time. You're like, Whoa, one plus one equals two. Math was riveting for you. I mean, I was good at it, but it was never riveting. Not riveting, but it's just like things make sense, you know? So it's just like, you know, the experiences, things were adding up. (laughs) There, there we are. That's so cute. I guess (laughs) that's nice. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, but yeah, no, for real, things are starting to add up and like, yeah, I don't know. So that was my first experience. Um, Because York is the closest thing (laughs) to an HBCU in Canada, that's sad. Okay, that's sad. It's very like heavy on social justice. It's heavy on um, like 
just working against white supremacy and stuff. And so, I don't know, it was a good space to explore my blackness and, um, yeah, I don't know. So it wasn't that bad of an experience. I think it depends definitely on the department that you're part of because when I was first in communications, mainly white, I didn't have any um, professors of color in that um, major. But now that I'm in film and African studies heavy on the African studies part now I'm able to be around like more Mm. um yeah so yeah I mean it has its ups and downs but it was pretty pretty good experience for me and it was the first time that educators did champion for me white and black alike nice yeah um so if I'm talking about my post-secondary experience um being black and being in white spaces predominantly white spaces uh, I, I too went to York and um, <laughs> I learned a lot. So for instance, the class that you're talking about, Denisha, um, I had uh, Miss Davis as my professor and she taught a lot. Like she brought in a, a whole bunch of people. Like I, I think she even like she was very vocal about bringing in Angela Angela Davis Davis one time and um I I wasn't there for bell hooks I was there for Sister Soldier mm-hmm. um they brought in a whole bunch of people right um the content in the class wasn't an issue for me I enjoyed learning about so many stuff like Black Canadian history like mm-hmm. learning that blacks are a part of Canadian history, so much more so before colonizers. But hey, I won't get into that too much. Um, It was in her class, I think it was my second year, that I experienced racism. Mm. Um, In her class? At York. In in the tutorial. In the tutorial. Because my Mm. TA at the time was a woman of color. And this is why I always tell people that woman of color doesn't necessarily mean ally. Mm-hmm. She was like South Asian. And I will tell you that she made my life a living hell. Wow. Nothing I wrote was good enough for her. There were several times when I had to go to the professor herself and say, hey, can you can I get a second opinion on this? And I, ju- I just don't know what it was. Um, I was very outspoken in class. Um, because a lot of the concepts that we were learning in class resonated with me. Again, I was coming from a predominantly, well, there was a lot of colored people, I guess, or Mm. black people or people of color, um, at my high school, which was like amazing because I lived in the suburbs. But then when I went to York, it was like, I don't know if it was just like a new a new bread of people coming Mm -hmm. they were it was like a culture shock for them because again york is the closest thing that we have to an hbcu a lot (laughs) of black and people of color go to york so like Mm -hmm. it really shouldn't be an issue so anyways anyways i had my bouts um but that was my first but unfortunately it wasn't my last um and because of that, I think it actually tainted the way in which I experienced post-secondary school. When I should have been networking, I just kept it to the books. Uh, I was working. 
um, I just didn't socialize really. So when everyone talks about, oh, you know, like parties or like what is that thing that they have the the fresh the freshers <laughs> fresh, fresh or whatever, <laughs> yeah, they invited me to that. I said I don't got time for that. I had to go pay bills. <laughs> like I had to go pick up shifts at work. First year, so like first year, first year, Damn. second year, third year, all them years. Like I remember meeting someone, and they were just like, "Yo, you went to York." I'm like, "Yeah, yo, literally, I'm on campus to get to my class, and then I'm gone." Dang. When people are like, "Oh, just come to the library," or you should like go to the library and and do your work, for what? I have a laptop. I have a home. <laughs> I'm gone. Like that was my experience. Um, and I, I do feel as though part of that experience was because of the pushback that I got academically mm. again this whole thought process like oh you're a black woman you're actually really intelligent um yeah like it's it, the actually for me mercy no for no like I had a TA tell me that in no uncertain terms I was taking a course in murder famous murder murders or something like that like famous cases or something like that and I barely went to the tutorial because I chose work instead of school and then when I would come I would get like 80s 90s or whatever because I did the course readings and she's like wow you're actually really smart (laughs) okay (laughs) wow um (laughs) wow yeah it actually kind of makes sense though like from your experience in elementary school and high school for you to have Mm -hmm. that um that mentality going into university. It sucks that it wasn't challenged, though. Yeah, no. For me, as I said last time, I mean, it started off multicultural for me, and then it went pretty white. And in university, I was coming off of just whiteness. White teachers, white constituent constituents, what? White students and all of that. <laughs> you see, I thought I was the ruler, you know, all of my constituents around me. But going into university, uh, period, Going into university, I was very shocked at how many black people were there. And mind you, this is a small town in Alberta. Like, it's not like Alberta is flourishing in multiculturalism, but a lot of people who are in the Adventist uh, sphere go to that school from Canada. It's the only Adventist university in Canada. So there are a lot of people from Toronto, from the Bahamas, from um, different Caribbean islands, from the States, you know, all over the place. And so that was where I kind of was realizing, huh, there's a pride in blackness. And it sucks that it came so late, but literally I was just a product of my environment. And so we had this thing, this unspoken group called Berman Black. And we would be invited to, um, well, like the different groups would be invited, the group, different groups on campus. So the sign language group. unspoken group? Mm-hmm. Oh, so it was an official club? Not, not at that point. Okay. No. Interesting. So, um, unspoken testimony, which is a sign language group, the drum line, the gospel choir would be invited to different events, like all together. And so, at some point, we were like, "Yo, they really invite in Berman Black. We just would move as Berman Black. We are the group. It's just the black people at Berman." <laughs> and so, eventually, you know, there was a lot of unrest with the way that the school handled different things, like um, Black History curriculum was not even a thing it was abysmal i remember one of our professors brought a sheet of paper that had pictures of black historians and their name and description and said here's your curriculum that was a very Um, rough day we'll probably break it down another day 
because who we had HR come and it was it was a lot. It was a lot. Oh, it was bad. It was bad. Yeah, there were tears. There was segregation in the classroom. Even it was a lot. So, um, <laughs> so okay. Basically, there was a lot of unrest between the black community, and we were like, "Yo, why don't we make Berman Black a legit thing?" And snowballed in and it snowballed into the Berman Black Student Alliance, which I was the president of. And in that, I learned a lot about my own blackness. I learned a lot about um, blackness not being a monolith. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot about hair care. I learned a lot about music around the world. Learned a lot about just all different kinds of things. And mind you, I was the president. And I was like, yo, this is like sensory overload, low key. But also like, I'm mm-hmm. so glad to be at the head of it because I have that inquiring mind to want to learn more things, to want to explore so much mm-hmm. more. And it, it turned into a really beautiful thing. But it's really sad that it had to be in the wake of a dismissal of blackness at my school. So mm-hmm. in the establishment of our club, <laughs> oh God, um, me and the vice president, who's a close friend of mine, I remember we were sitting in front of the head of student services and he said, well, how would my people feel if there was a club called uh, Berman Black? Huh? And I looked at me, listen, I looked that man in the face and said, that when he says my people, what is he talking about? White. White people, white people. <laughs> he means white it people. Okay. It, it, mm, he means yeah. white people. And it was in those moments um, <laughs> setting up the BBSA where I truly realized not only is this going to be an issue because we are black people, the majority of us were black women. Well. And I had never truly experienced such a pushback of something that I just was, you know? Mm -hmm. It'd be one Mm -hmm. thing if I was doing something to go against school um, policy or if I was, you know, if we were picketing around screaming Berman Black or something like that. But literally, we were just saying, we want a space that celebrates Blackness, celebrates Black people because there was an Indian club. Because we exist. There's an Indian club. There's a Spanish club. There's a Filipino club. There's (laughs) bear clubs. But just because of the word black, things went up in flames. So in that, I learned that there are very few cases where people will protect black women. And I saw that through, um, ooh, I'm just trying to see how much I should share. I saw that within (laughs) the club itself. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that within the club itself, some people who were attacking me and and all this kind of stuff. And then I saw it through like the onlookers. I was publicly torn down on an email and our email is public. And this guy CC'd, not BCC, okay? He CC'd. The students of the school, he cc'd the faculty, he cc'd the staff, and he read me an APA format. All right, <laughs> and I was like, "Yo, people don't be looking out for black women." And this is what makes me want to transition to the whole Will Smith situation, where you know there was a whole Oscar so white. What, well, before few... you do that, I yeah, just I just want to also say that I I too had that experience. Mm. Being a part of a black woman run and led for other black women on campus. It was actually the first, I think it was the first um, group in all of 
the GTA, probably all of Ontario, to be honest. Probably all of Canada, for being honest. That's dope. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was centered around like black women. Like, because we had like, um, the Black Student Alliance, as majority of universities or colleges have, but in the GTA, perhaps. Mm. But, um, yeah, but this one was f- specifically for Black women, and I that opened me to the eyes of, like, respectability politics. Mm-hmm. It opened me to the eyes of, like, jealousy amongst, like, other Black women sometimes. Mm-hmm. It opened my eyes to... The egos that come with leading, like, a group and leadership and what that looks like, which also, like, transcends transcends into, like, my experience with working with nonprofits as well. So, like, it was just very interesting. And also, there were situations where we also, except ours was anonymous, had people send in... Yeah. (laughs) Well, not really. But people, like, attacked us, each and every one of our members, in an... um, in a anonymous email and it was a whole thing like the whole like a whole department of the school had to get in the ages and then just a lack of protecting us as well exo exo gossip girl (laughs) no no it literally (laughs) it felt like an episode out of gossip girl like i'm not gonna go too deep into it because if you know you know but like no i feel (laughs) you and it's so funny too how like um like laverne was saying earlier just because they are a person of color doesn't always mean that they're an ally of like black people. There was a person of color who was in faculty and he wrote in this public email format as well. I'm telling you, who they love to rip me up in script, okay? And he was like, well, instead of calling it the Berman Black Student Alliance, why don't we call it the brothers and sisters? No, be brothers and sisters in Christ. Guys, you know, you know you know what the acronym of that is? Be basic. <laughs> the acronym is Be Basic. <laughs> I don't know if he meant to do that, but I was triggered. Okay. I was very much so triggered. But essentially, where I'm trying to steer the conversation is that is where Clearly, some of us learned that being in white spaces, looking for protection, I didn't even know we needed protection, Mm. but it became prevalent that we needed it when it wasn't there, right? And so I'm thinking Mm. of the Will Smith situation, and there's a differing of opinion of was it right for Will to do, was it wrong for Will to do? The fact of the matter is Jada was at a crossroads of, you know, here I am being a, a spectator, here I am being a supportive wife, here I am, you know in the presence of my peers, just trying to be. And another person, unfortunately, it was a black man, attacks her for something that was very close to home for her. So for people who don't know, she is currently bald as a result of alopecia. To our knowledge, it could be even worse than that, but that's what we know. And so Will decided to give Chris a little one-two. And a lot of people are saying, you know, is that how we protect black women? Was this... um, the right way to go about it yeah (laughs) on my side of twitter at least (laughs) i've been on the and on the rebellious side of black twitter (laughs) so my question to you guys is slap aside in that situation how would it have been okay let me not force you to kind of phrase it how i want you to phrase it but is 
Is what happened a way to protect black women? How could have Chris Rock protected black women? Is this the wrong way to protect black women? All the different avenues that you want to take, go ahead and take it. Okay, this is the first thing I want to say. I want to provide context based on my snooping capabilities, okay? So apparently... Um, going back to 2016, there was a boycott of the Oscars because the Oscars, um, Oscar so had, white. yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's a hashtag Oscar so white. Will Smith had just done a movie and Jada was like, how can he not get nominated? He acted his behind off. Right. So she boycotted it. Chris Rock just happened to be either hosting or commentary or something at the Oscars. And he was ripping into Jada. And he even says stuff like, well, that's like saying, um, you're, you're saying all this, but you weren't even invited. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then he's like, something about, you know, that's like me saying that I want, I want to be in Rihanna's underwear or some crap like that, right? Like, he just took it too far. Then, um, I guess for me now, it's like, you... Cannot we cannot be on good terms if you're talking about my wife like that or my partner like that? Obviously, mm-hmm. right? So you have some self awareness, yeah. Um. Secondly, you're gonna come on stage, and what I'm hearing is like he didn't even write the joke. So how could Chris Rock have changed the whole scenario? Mm. Omitting the joke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You and these people don't know each other from nowhere. You guys are not on good terms. That's it. Leave it alone. Okay, he chose not to do it. Will now. I see people saying like he could have just heckled Chris back because he was very loud when he was saying, um, <laughs> don't talk about, keep my, my wife's name out of your effing he mouth. Was he was very like, loud. Okay. He was loud. As he should. <laughs> um, and my thing is, I would be lying to you if I said that I wasn't like, yes, well, yes. Oh, absolutely. When I saw it, <laughs> my only thing is the respectability politics. Yeah. Um, because I know that in the minds of people who are not from the hood or people who don't understand what it means to protect someone, they're going to be like, oh, he's violent. Oh, he's uh, he assaulted him and it was unnecessary. No, sometimes you need to bring it to that level because someone's just not understanding like you're gone too far. Mm-hmm. Especially so since Chris Rock has a history a of not knowing where the line is. I think it mm. did take a drastic gesture mm-hmm. <laughs> for him to be like, oh, okay, okay, oh, oh mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Got it. And then I hear people with the whole argument like, oh, like he's a comedian and you guys are so sensitive and all that no. stuff. And uh, I hate to say it, but Nicki Minaj came up with a really good point. And her point was that like, you guys are seeing, you guys are laughing, but this is the woman that he goes home to and he knows her tears. He knows what she goes through. Um, and he, he knows the, the journey that she's been on with this whole thing. And when you think about beauty, the way that society is... People don't look at people with bald hair as beautiful. And Jada is naturally beautiful. Yeah, Jada is naturally beautiful. And like, let's be honest, she has a lot of pretty privilege, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, losing losing her hair, something that's out of her control, having alopecia, which is, I found out today is an autoimmune disease, like... And God knows what else, because hello, people have been dropping like flies mm-hmm. over the C word. 
Um, and usually that's a telltale sign that someone might be sick, right? Mm-hmm. And as a society, we told, we said, oh, you know, when we lost Chadwick, we're like, oh, we're going to stop making fun of people and their, their appearances. Then we lost um, the oldest Braxton's sister. Uh, Tracy. Or, She's mm-hmm. not the oldest, but Tracy. Tracy. Okay, yeah, Tracy. Then we lost Tracy and people were like, oh, we didn't know she was going through that. It could be the same thing here. And a lot of people don't stop to think about that because you know what happens? You guys go on the internet, you guys chat so much and people don't lick it on. And you know what was sad for me? Um, I was watching a podcast earlier today and they um, were reminding their audience that Chris Rock had a documentary called Good Hair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chris Rock knows the story of black women and their hair. Black women in spaces where their hair was politicized. Black women in white spaces where we're often the butt of a joke. You know what I yeah. mean? And this is, and no, so but for this him, is also why I said that he he had a choice. He didn't have to say the joke. And even after, you can see he's like, huh? I mean, it was a good joke. Like, he... He, I believe in that moment, he and himself was uncomfortable with her reaction to the joke. Yeah. That's so he obvious. knew he took it too far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, like, it's sad to know that even in these, like, okay, jumping off of the Oscar so white, jumping off of the stories that we all resonate with, being in predominantly white spaces, which is just the reality of where we live, or even if you reach certain like a certain status, the color tends to not be as prevalent. You know what I mean? Which is Mm -hmm. the case with being at the Oscars. uh, Not Will. Chris, I feel like, had the opportunity to... (sighs) I almost want to say he had the opportunity to protect, protect Jada in that moment, but I don't even know if he was capable of doing so. I don't, I don't even know if he was capable of doing so. So I'm going to touch on the Will situation. Again, what do you mean it's you not a, if he was capable? When I hear about Chris Rock, like people were coming out today just sharing um, different celebrities who've also had issues with Chris Rock, you know? This isn't the first time he's come for a woman's appearance on a public stage. He's done it to Beyonce. He called her hair Seabiscuit. You know what I mean? Mm. Like coming for black Sorry, women seems to okay. So Laverne is also coming for black women. Seems to be something <laughs> that Chris Rock and Laverne have in common, <laughs> right? So no, don't do that. Don't do you that. You did it to sea yourself. Biscuit? You did it to yourself. No, see, you, you did it to yourself. You like, did it to yourself. Who, who says that? Chris Rock. Chris Rock does. <laughs> but like my thing I'm is, laughing this at is something. I'm not laughing at Beyonce. Just to clear that up. This is something that seems to be a pattern for him. And then on the same podcast that I was listening to, they were saying, if you take in consideration, like, the public ridicule that um, the Smiths have gone through as of late, the history of Will himself in not defending his mother back when his dad was abusing his mom, right? Mm -hmm. He's kind of gotten to a point where I'm not going to take no shit no more when it comes to my family. Mm -hmm. And more so on this public platform, because I will show people, not only is this my wife, this is a black woman. She is a treasure and we need to treasure people as such. Right. So for me, it's not necessarily was the slap right or wrong To, to the day I die. I don't condone, you know, violence unless it's in retaliation to you being attacked, you know, like self defense. Mm -hmm. However, the intent and the message behind it, I support because I remember when I was 
feeling ostracized when I was being attacked in predominantly white spaces, I would have wanted another person to stand up in my defense, more so a black man. Mm-hmm. And that was rare if it ever did happen. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. Okay. And this is the, the other side of the coin is that it is always great to have black men that will stand up for you. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's night. I mean, I'm and not holding my I breath. That, I'm not holding my breath for them. No, for the, the reason, the reason why I say that is because when you think about a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of murders happen because of that. Like black men are standing up for their woman or their sister or their mother or some type of woman, right? And then there's retaliations and those type of things. So it's also that duality of like, but I don't even want to bring them into this because I know it's not going to end well. So for instance, like with me, um, I used to tell people all the time, like play if you want to, but my family don't play about me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, certain times when people will bother me, like I would just be like, yo, honestly, it's really because I love my family, but I won't even show them Wagwan right now because my family doesn't play about me. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I mean, there's many <laughs> different ways that you can protect. Like, as a black man, you can protect yeah, a black but woman. Like, you don't have to throw hands. You don't have to be. You don't have to be violent, but at the end of the day, a lot of people, we have this preposition towards violence, and I don't know. Like, I don't know if that's an upbringing uh, so is it a trauma response? Like, oh, because I grew up in this environment that violence makes it okay. Like, it's okay I mean, to be nobody's violent. nobody's really thinking that through like that in that moment, though. Um, I feel like that calls for when you have a breaking point, usually. But I mean something as simple as even like discourse about black women's hair, like... Do you know how powerful it would be if black men just simply said, we're not partaking in this joke. It's not funny. They're beautiful. Like, I feel like even that in that in of itself is like something really major as well. I mean, look, <clears throat> now if Will was my husband, listen, I'm not. I... <laughs> Come get some of this cooch. <laughs> Period. <laughs> now, oh. now, personally, I would not prefer him to do that just because like it wouldn't be my preference you know because he could have done it I mean if he was going to hit him you didn't have to do it like you know right there like there was other opportunities you should have punched him for me no because a punch would have warranted an actual that would have been really bad yeah if he did and that's what I mean like because there's repercussions and when you make decisions there's repercussions for everything so I would have preferred to avoid that However, I'm also not mad at it. <laughs> like, I get it. Like, you had an emotional reaction. Um, it is what it is. Someone came for your wife. You protected her. Um, yeah. I do want to say, for me, although I'm saying, you know, protection... <laughs> Laverne is throwing air punches <laughs> right now. For, for me, although protection, specifically by Black men, wasn't as prevalent as I would have liked it to be and this is excluding my family because like Laverne oh my gosh same I cannot say anything unless I truly want things to pop off you know what I mean which is mm-hmm. often same. not so yeah um we actually did have an event in conjunction like the BBSA in conjunction with another girl on campus and it was called don't touch my hair 
And what we did was, oh, you maybe this is another why? girl. Yeah, her name was Rihanna Walters. I just didn't know if I should put her name out there, but her name is Rihanna Walters, and she wanted to do this event, Don't Touch My Hair, and she wanted the BBSA to back her up in it, right? So out of the admin building, which is where the student success center guy, I mean, student services guy was, so I think maybe this is where he got the whole, like, if y'all were picketing outside of, maybe he saw this as picketing, but basically the black people lined up in a line around the admin building, and they had their different... Um, hair so people with locks people with extensions weaves natural hair bald whatever and literally we had signs um saying don't touch my hair but respectfully they could be inquisitive about it one big problem we did have in lacombe it's the butt for me should have just <laughs> left it at don't touch my hair <laughs> but the the point of the event was also to educate on why you cannot touch our hair and my point is, the reason is that a real problem in Lacombe and Alberta as a whole, but more so in Lacombe, is if you walk into No Frills, which is like a superstore or Walgreens, whatever, depending where you live, white people do not hesitate to reach into your hair. Excuse me? When no, that's, I, me? That I, is I, I kid you not, white people do not hesitate to reach no. in. Sometimes... It's there's the a knee-jerk reaction for me. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes there's a question as they are reaching, but the point is they are always going to reach without Are request, you an artifact? Right? And that's what it was feeling like. So we kind of set up like a visual museum. Well, vis- museums are visual. We kind of set up like <laughs> a museum, but also like a... This is a showcase of the pride in black hair, the pride in black people. And although we are educating... Don't think this is now like, oh, now I know about black hair. So therefore, ah, 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 yeah. you know what I mean? But I, I say this to say seeing the black men who turned out was so amazing to watch. They were a part of the exhibit. They were a part of education around. They were a part of recruiting people to come to the event. And it's like, like we're saying, you know, protecting black women doesn't always have to um result in violence support is protecting black women education is protecting black women it was it was amazing to watch and Mm -hmm. it sucks that the uh oscars had to go the way that it did but if it puts into perspective what more black men can do to support the black women in their specific circles amen by by any means Mm -hmm. however you got to learn the lesson i guess I think the conversation is important because it gets people talking. Um, and I also wanted to talk about the respectability about it all because um, a good point that someone made is that, like, for his whole career, Will Smith has been, like, this token black actor. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, he's a really good actor. Um, that was the same night that he got his first Oscar. And so many people were like, oh, he's supposed to be a role model and, um, you know... He doesn't deserve this. And there's talk about the Academy wanting to take it away from him and all this stuff. And I'm just thinking, like, for me personally, well, obviously it's personal because it's for me. But (laughs) I just, (laughs) I just, people saying that we embarrass them in front of white people and what are you doing and all that stuff. And I just feel like, have you been seeing the Oscars? Like, did you see the things that people were doing? Did you even see the whole Oscars? Like, I think, what's her name? Amy 
she's not funny amy Amy, Schumer. whatever yeah yeah and she called the guy's wife uh, a seat filler seat filler <laughs> the disrespect again the difference will has hit his breaking point but even the guy was like yo what are you doing that's mm-hmm. my wife yeah it's like people have just lost their minds in terms of what like an online persona or this whole this is my this is who i am and not realizing that you're in real life affecting real people who have real feelings and you can't behave like this right. you literally cannot behave like this so and you can't be surprised by how they respond either you that uh, part, said freedom that part. freedom of freedom of speech freedom of reaction yeah Freedom I saw a tweet as well that was like, where you pitch a tent is where we start the circus. So mm-hmm. you, you wanted to yeah. do your business on this public stage. He had to show you his reaction on this public stage. Now, if he had made something on the slide, on the side, and then Will reacted the way he did, then it would have been like, okay, come on. We, we would have only uh, heard about it, and it would have been speculation because mm-hmm. we would not have seen it. Will Smith, the only wrong you do to me is you do it in front of everybody. That alone, I say. You do it in front of everybody, but I understand because the disrespect was in front of everybody, so you had to, you know. Meet I the also want to. I also want to touch just a little bit on the whole um, embarrassing us in front of company thing. I, I. There are certain instances where I would say those statements, and I refer back to when we were talking about the black men podcasters who were spewing all this mm-hmm. rhetoric specifically about black women those are moments where i'm like listen now you're embarrassing us in front of company because they were making because... a community comment well they yeah exactly one person exactly like, so I, come for on. me in those situations i'm like do not give the oppressor weapons you know because mm-hmm. then they'll be looking at us like oh, but your but your people be saying it about you see that's where you're really more, when they when they have discourse like that they're literally using the like the enemy's weapons for their own community like that's exactly what but, they're doing but i'm also yet to see a white comedian try that with a black person i feel like it's just black people that do those things and it's because familiarity breeds contempt there's that um, there's, there's that, but I think also Chris Rock is a mouthpiece for the Oscars. Yeah. And so since, like, since it's confirmed that he did not write that joke, my bet <laughs> is that it was mainly white writers on mm-hmm. that board oh, and yeah. he wrote that joke. So they're just using him as a mouthpiece. But, and that's where it comes back to at what point oh, do you Oh, the say... two tokens were at, at odds. Imagine that. Right. <laughs> but it's like at what <laughs> point right. do you say it's like the teacher's favorite students <laughs> <laughs> no seriously it's like at what point do you say nah I can't do that still uh, yeah. yesterday that's your friend yesterday your friend for that yeah it's, it, it, it was sad to watch but I'm I'm glad that at the end of the day well Will has apologized um as of ab- March 28th as of March 28th yes mm-hmm and um, I'm glad that at the end of the day, it's sparking more conversation. And I'm seeing people who haven't spoken up about defending black women, like saying, nah, like I'm with Will. Like, yeah, the action itself, we condemn, but more of us should be. St-. I'm like, this is now. this is what I love to hear and see. 
You know, let's not really stand on ceremony on right or wrong. It was wrong. We can all agree. You just don't hit people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, But like, mm -hmm. can we actually start talking about what are productive ways that we can show up for black women, support black Mm -hmm. women and make sure that they don't feel the way that Jada felt in that moment. Also, too, like a, a big part of this conversation that really stuck out to me is the way that especially like the white gaze, which has influenced respectability politics in the black community, how we're expected to always be stoic. Yeah. And not in this great philosophical kind of way of your perception of life, but it's like they don't want us to react emotionally. Like we're just supposed to be um, good Negroes and when people throw jabs at us or when we feel uncomfortable in the workplace or if Sally makes a, a sly comment, we're just supposed to be the bigger person always. And I think for a moment, that's kind of what Will was doing when he did his little like chuckle thing. Mm-hmm. It was like, a, <laughs> all right now. But then mm-hmm. he really took in. No, no, no. This is going to have further repercussions in my mm-hmm. personal life. So mm-hmm. therefore, if I'm going to have to look like the crazy black man on this big here on this big stage, I'm going to have to do it. I feel like Will had an out-of-body experience. Absolutely. Did you see how long the walkway was to the stage? He was not himself. He was not himself. The bass in his throat. (laughs) Did you see his face shaking? His veins were pulsating. Keep my wife's name out your epic mouth. Like, you could just... I I know that look. I, I recognize that feeling. Sometimes you just... Just that one, you know, lights out. I could just recognize, like, that look and that feeling of, like, you just, whew, you just, you you lost yourself for a second mm-hmm. because you were emotional. And it, I think it's okay to be emotional. I feel like people who are trying to, I mainly see, I'm not seeing this from the black people, but for people who are trying to label um, Will as just... I don't know. <laughs> like he he can't constrain himself and like he's an overly emotional person and blah 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 and he has no decorum. It's like no, like you're a person. Well, for one, and... this wasn't his first lap, and for two, he's always been emotional. He just hasn't reacted in this way. But not in a way that like people could be like, Oh, I experienced it for myself. I feel like we almost all feel like we collectively experienced it. Mm. And I think that I mean yeah, there could have been lots of repercussions for his actions, for sure, especially, like, taking away from Venus and Serena and their father, um, Richard. But I don't know. I feel like they all did a really good job of tying it all together. Me too. Like, yeah, even was, his was speech. Just... I was like, mm-hmm. I, w- I was like, mm. even the slap, it just, it all came together. Yeah, yeah. It all a nice little bow. Together. Yeah. Yeah, 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 huh, yeah. With that, I mean, this conversation took a bunch of twists and turns, but I'm sure a lot of you guys can resonate with either the Oscar situation or, you know, being raised in predominantly white spaces. And we want to hear from you. You can hit us up at iltwyt.podcast at gmail.com or on all social media at iltwytpod. We want, we truly, truly actually want to hear from you. Like, I hope you guys don't think this is just a gimmick that we say to get like engagement up. We genuinely want to hear your opinion. So definitely link us up with that. And we will be with y'all again next week. Bye y'all. Bye. 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 And I bye, like bye, the way bye, you bye, think. Bye. bye. <laughs>